it's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. In this episode, host Grady Sheffield, the director of campus recreation at Towson University and the senior advisor to the campus rec mastermind groups, gives you, the listener, real and authentic conversation between himself and special guest, Terry Bladen, the director of Weber State University. Putting herself through school, Bladen soon found that she loved working in campus recreation. Eventually, she would find herself at Weber State. Since her time there, well-being has evolved. A big part of the evolution has happened when it comes to professional and hourly staff. Whether it's tapping into their passions or being more flexible with uniforms, Bladen shares that if her staff are taken care of, so is she. As you listen, I challenge you to think through how you are serving your own staff's well-being. What suggestions or trains of thought can you take from the following conversation to improve the well-being of your own professional and hourly staff? All right, everybody. Welcome to the Director's Download. Once again, I'm your host, Grady Sheffield. And today I'm joined by Terry Bladen, who is the director at Weber State University out in Utah. And Terry, I can't thank you enough for being here today. Um, before we get into what we're going to talk about, I have to say that one of my favorite things when I have a guest is getting to meet with someone that I have a connection with back to our IU days. And so- Absolutely. I have to say it because I I think it's pretty cool, right? So I was an undergrad when you were, were you a graduate assistant or a program assistant? I was, I was a graduate assistant, yeah. Graduate assistant, and um, you worked with group fitness. And I don't want to date us, but I'm going to because I (laughs) I think it's pretty cool that here we are in 2023 and back in 95, 96, 97 is when we happened to cross paths. Um, And here we are today. I just, I mean, I think that says a lot about our industry. It says a lot about connections that we make. And I'm just excited to have you here. And I just wanted to throw that out there. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. And thank you for not sharing any of the stories that you have on me that we could probably. <laughs> uh, I think it's the other way. It might be the other way around. <laughs> the other way around. So let's get into it a little bit um, with our listeners so they kind of, um, those that don't know who you are. So talk to me about life after IU. Where did you go? What did you do? And how did you end up here at Weber State? Yeah, well, I um, I don't know if you remember, Grady, but I was a first-gen college student. And so I actually put myself through undergrad and grad school. And that's how, <laughs> that's why um, I was at Indiana for so long, because I was putting myself through. And I always tell my students that, you know what? Stick to your guns and, you know, find something, just keep following something that you love because it took me 10 years to get my undergrad. And that gave me the great opportunity to be, and I worked in campus rec that whole time. And so I got that great experience of starting in group exercise, but then, you know, my supervisor at the time saw that I had this passion for just fitness and helping people. And so I got to teach this women on weights class, and then I got into the weight room. And so by the time I was doing group fitness in for our GA position, I was also laying down the weight room floor and, you know, doing all of this other fun stuff, because that's when the student rec uh, building just opened was in 95, I think, right? So being a part of that was huge. And that that played a huge impact on my career path. 
um, I ended up getting my master's in kinesiology applied sports science, but because of my campus rec experience at Indiana University, I got a couple of job offers at the University of Illinois. And so they yeah. offered me the assistant director position at um, in the fitness, strength and cardio area or in group fitness. And so um, I did the group fitness one, but while I was there, I also helped out with strength and cardio. So yeah, recreational sports campus rec has really given me a breadth of <laughs> experience and my husband's job took us uh, to a lot of other institutions. So Weber State is actually, I think, the fifth or sixth institution that I've worked at. And I've been fortunate enough um, to have worked in Campus Rec along the way. So my mm -hmm. husband gets a gig. The first thing I do when I drop into town is start teaching group X somewhere. And then I work my way into the university system when there's a job opening. And that's exactly what happened here at Weber State. I was working as an hourly group exercise instructor and the director had retired. And because of my experience at all the other institutions, um, I got an interim position in intramurals and club sports, helping out there. Uh -huh. And then when they did the full um, search, an interna uh, international search, yeah, right, a national search, I applied and got the director position. So I've been here. I'm in my 14th year here at wow. Weber State. And, you know, just uh, like you say, along the way, just taking, you know, staying in touch with our network. NURSA has been amazing for that. The Campus Rec Mag has been really great about that and learning from each other and staying connected. And I don't know about you. You've We've been in this business long enough now, um, just like you and I, we came up as student employees, and now we've been in it long enough. Are you starting to see some of your GAs and hourly oh, staff yeah. entering the oh, profession? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's oh, always yeah. fun. That makes me feel like yeah, a proud sure. mama when one of the students ends up at another institution. It's like, yay! Yeah, it's so. Um, I'm doing doing a little bit of background research on you to to learn a little bit more that I didn't already know. Um, your path is interesting because, like you said, you went to Illinois and then. Um, I think you also had a little stint in the corporate wellness world. Yeah. Um, a little bit. You came, you were at Northern Colorado, then you went back to IU at some point, Arizona State, and then Weber State. So you're selling yourself short a little bit, I think, when you say, you know, along the way, but you've been to a lot of places and have a lot of experience. Given that the mix of campus rec and um, corporate health, and even the work that you've done in, in your associations with NURSA or with IDEA, um, I, I think that that experience has probably had a big impact on you as a director and what you know and how you manage your team or how you program um, this, your facility or programs in general. So I'm just curious, can you speak to that a little bit based on the experience outside of Campus Rec that you had and how it impacts what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I had, um, I think along the way, and I don't have a formal wellness training, health coaching, any of that, but I think every position I've been in, it's been highlighted as to how you need to take care of your people. And it started with participants, right? When we were student employees in Campus Rec, it's like, okay, we take care of our participants. And then as you go further along in the field and you're supervising people and you have a team that you're supporting, it becomes so much more evident um, that it's more than just the job. If you want to keep good people, <laughs> you got to take care of them. And that became 
blatantly clear to me when I was a contractor working in the corporate sector. Uh, I worked at IBM Boulder and I managed the fitness center there. And mm -hmm. IBM Boulder had about 4,000 employees and every one of them had to have um, a fitness assessment before they could even set foot in the center. So that was my job from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. was conducting fitness assessments to make sure yeah. folks were ready to uh, participate in the fitness center. And it was interesting because we weren't formal IBM employees. We were contractors. We actually got treated a little differently. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a negative experience, but it was really clear to me that there were different perks that um, the IBM folks got that contractors didn't get. And so I added that to my repertoire of, you know what, it doesn't matter what position somebody's in, let's treat them equally and well. And uh, that's, you know, I've always been the type of person that take care of your custodial staff, <laughs> you know, take oh, care yeah. of the folks that are keeping your operations and systems up and running. Uh, it's all about relationships and respect. And so I've, I've learned that outside of the campus rec world as well. Yeah, that's interesting. A very good point. I, um, I remember being told one point coming up that, yes, take care of your custodial staff. They're one, all your staff are important, but they're just as important because of what they do and the impression they leave on the facility. So, yes, absolutely. absolutely. So you talked about this, but well-being and wellness programming has been a passion of yours since I've known you. Yeah. How has Campus Rec at Weber State evolved in that well-being space under your leadership? since you've been there? You know, it was interesting. We've changed a lot in the 14 years that I've been here. When I landed at Weber State, the campus rec program was within the Division of Student Affairs, but housed in an academic building, which was which is great. You know, when we have academic partners and we can, campus rec can be the living classroom, you know, for the academic coursework. That's always a great thing. However, we were not seen as partners at that time. And so that was a huge struggle um, for our team to be displaced all throughout the campus. So like the director at the time actually was also overseeing housing. So he was over there. Our fitness people were in the gym. Our aquatics people were in the pool area. Um, club sports and intramurals were tucked away in, in a, what we lovingly called the dungeon. <laughs> it was, you know, a, a basement room. Um, but during that time, well-being became more of a focus. And Campus Rec, we were always talking that talk. I think we've been pushing right. that envelope for decades now. And it's not just fitness anymore. It is really about well-being. And so many of the uh, Campus Rec departments even run employee wellness and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here at Weber. However, um, the upper admin started recognizing that well-being was, was really important. And so they put a lot into their employee wellness and started we started collaborating a lot more. And they saw the need for dedicated drop-in uh, recreation space, which I helped them see, I'm happy to say. I actually got with the student leaders at the time and said, you know what, you think you've got some good stuff now? let's look at what you could have. And I took a group of students to um, to Colorado. So we're here in Ogden, Utah. I gathered uh, the student leadership at the time, the student body president and vice president and some programming folks and my boss at the time. And we went and visited 
uh, a bunch of the um, Colorado institutions. So mm -hmm. in Denver, you know, we've got the Denver University and Metro State and all those, yeah. and then we went to University of Northern Colorado. So we were seeing what people were doing there, and the students were like, whoa, they, we really could be doing more. And so right. we, you know, partition, uh, petitioned the upper administration to get some dedicated rec space. And now that's why we have um, the Wildcat Center, and it's really added to the overall well being um, because students are not going to get displaced because of an academic course or another rental or something like that. And so, you know, coming along the way, we have grown from a staff of four full-time employees to 10 professional staff and from around 30 hourly staff to well over a hundred hourly staff. And with that, I now make our hourly staff and pro staff the focus of our well-being efforts because taking care of our team, then we can collectively take care of our participants. And so checking in with our staff to make sure, you know, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, during the holiday breaks and during finals week in particular, I know a lot of institutions do this, setting aside um, some break room, some break space so students particularly student employees can come and uh, study between classes or we have a lot of superstar hourly staff that will work in the morning, go to class and come pick up another shift in the afternoon. Sure. So taking care of them throughout the day, you know, making sure they have a place to land so that campus rec is actually seen as their third space. And so we've got a refrigerator in there, small kitchen and, um, during finals week, the pro staff cooks for our hourly staff, <laughs> you know, just we had a breakfast um, at one of our facilities and then at the other facility, we had a lunch. So it's it's things like that. And when we're doing staff training, making sure it's not just the, the technical skills or whatever they need for their jobs, it's actually this well-rounded person type thing. So we do QPR right. training, uh, we do safety training, um, how to have those difficult conversations and whatnot, um, being healthy while exercising, not just harder, stronger, faster. So we're having right. these conversations one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but also at the, the large group level as well. This episode is brought to you by Campus Rec Mastermind Groups. These groups are created as a space for executive directors and directors to present questions and challenges you are faced with in your position so you can leverage the power of your peers to help you succeed. It's a leadership accountability group that provides immediate professional development based on your specific challenges as a leader. Interested in learning more? Email Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. Besides the fact of what we were talking about before we started the session, how beautiful it is out in Utah with the, yeah. with the scenery and the weather and the skiing during the wintertime and all that. But it sounds like from a well-being standpoint with your team that you've really developed a culture of everyone thriving and doing well. So to that point, we talked a little bit about this coming out of the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. You and I specifically talked about this with staff turnover. Um, yeah. We've lost a lot of staff across the board with with COVID in terms of people leaving the field and the industry, how are you managing that challenge or, or have you had to ma manage that challenge and, and what role is well, 
well-being planning and retaining your professional staff or even your hourly staff like you talked about? Yeah, so we had the great fortune of having a commitment from upper administration. So when our facilities closed down, uh, our institution procured funding so that we could still pay students for what they normally would have worked. And mm -hmm. so it that was so interesting, Grady, because of course, human resources had this template that they wanted to use, but, you know, facility staffing, it's like, it's not just um, 5.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m., those many hours, there's several positions within that, a different pay rate, it's right. all that stuff. So um, our budget- They didn't get it at first, right? <laughs> right, exactly. This was such an educational opportunity all, on all fronts. And uh, just working with HR on that, and our budget person was amazing for that, and our hourly student staff really appreciated it. But of course, we were closed down. And once we opened back up, many had gotten jobs elsewhere. And so we have- strive to continue to raise minimum wage. Um, over the course of three years, we went from uh, $8 as a minimum wage to $8.50, $8.75, nine. You know, we just kept incrementally uh, doing that. And as, as directors know, or professionals that are managing budgets, anytime you have a basic increase of a quarter, when you've got 100 plus employees, that's a big budget impact. Major impact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yes. having, but still we had support from the institution and um, within the department, we were just as frugal as we could be to reallocate funding to wages so that we could get our superstars back. And then um, we did other things to recruit folks as far as hourly staff um, we lightened up on uh, being able to study during downtime. We used to say, yeah. no, you can't study. You yeah. must have, you know, customer service focus at all times. Well, we have really slow times at times. So why not be able to study as long as you are paying attention and addressing folks as soon as they can? And we also lightened up on our um, staff uniform. We let students, you know, relax the attire just a little bit, still remaining professional. But we also had like, well, festive sweater week, right? Just, you know, right before the holidays, everybody can wear their festive sweater or we have sweatshirt day or whatever, just so it can be a little bit more relaxing and welcoming and fun at work. So doing that, working with student schedules as we all do, um, we have worked on our hourly incentive programs. So we have employees of the month. Uh, we celebrate with a crew bank, we call our staff crew, a crew banquet at the end of this uh, academic year. And we have employee of the year and we celebrate and we throw parties and um, we try before COVID, we weren't able to do that. And we're hoping to get back into it, but having the staff outings together. So taking the group up to the ski mountain and having a ski night, um, going go-karting, going to the bowling alley, you know, just doing hourly team builders that way. Uh, and we're slowly getting there. I think the pay increase has helped a lot. And then just being caring and kind and checking in with our student staff, that's been huge. And that plays into that well-being as well, because they've had struggles too, <laughs> you know, trying to do hybrid courses and coming back to classes and um, they're, you know, just checking in with them one-on-one -on -one and letting yeah. them know we care as a group. And then for professional staff, um, you know, we had that great resignation that still might be happening. I don't know. Obviously, the pandemic has had us all thinking about life and what is this work-life balance. 
And so we've had some heart to hearts with my team because we were all burnt out. And it started with me. I told him straight up, y'all, I'm tired. <laughs> I am tired. <laughs> and uh, I understand that you are tired. And let's get through this together and continue to honestly share um, feedback and positive feedback and accolades where they're you know, warranted, but not overdoing it. But really just telling folks that they're doing a good job when they're doing a good job. But other things we've done is I, I meet one-on-one -on -one with our professional staff and find out what rocks their world. What are their goals? What are their passions? And then working with them on that. And it's a very a la carte approach. <laughs> you know, what's what's good for my IMs person is not the same as my aquatics person. And right. what I've done is just spending time in our one-on-ones and in our evaluation sessions and getting at what are their passions and going with that. So for example, um, well, and promotions where you can, <laughs> right? So I was able to bump a couple of my coordinators to associate directors level, and that has helped me immensely as a director. Mm -hmm. So giving them, because that was part of their passion, they wanted more responsibility, they wanted to learn more about um, supervising and leading within an organization. So revamping our org chart was a huge step in um, retaining staff, professional staff, and giving them duties that uh, challenge them and that they're excited about. Um, and so my uh, coordinator for uh, competitive sports, I bumped up to an associate director, but she still loves to officiate. So a long time ago, I worked with her on a schedule that would allow her to officiate high school and college um, tournaments throughout the region. And I just work, we work with our schedules to make sure that her job's getting done, her day job, <laughs> but that she can then go out and get these real life experiences with the agreement that she brings at home. And so I have this professional staff member participating, contributing to her professional industry and bringing that home so that our hourly students are getting the film footage of that game that she participated in and they're breaking down the calls and all that. Um, another one of my professional staff in our outdoor program has a passion for travel. Imagine that. And so working with him on organizing international trips. So we've stuck our toe in the water. We went up to Canada a few years ago, and now we're laying the groundwork to take a student group climbing in Nepal and make it part of a service learning trip. Um, with my aquatics person, she is very passionate about drowning prevention. So allowing space in her schedule to participate in our state association that focuses on drowning prevention education I mean, these are just kind of the stuff, you know, the down and the yeah. get to know your people, find out what they're passionate about, and then help them participate in that passion while still it being a win-win situation for the department and the, the institution. So there's a couple things that you said there that I want to touch on. First is you, you said, why not? Why not do this? Why not change? Why not get away from what we think is whether it's the standard or the campus rec culture or what have you, and that you're so right about that. And, and that's something that we're, we're saying here at Towson a little bit more is why not? In fact, when I say it, my staff kind of looks at me like, are you okay? <laughs> like, yes. That's why not? Shit, Let's do it. Yeah, totally. It. <laughs> totally. But I think it, I think 
something that's really important that I took away from what you just said, and I'm kind of going to paraphrase here, is you're taking care taking care of your staff is taking care of you as well. Because a follow-up I was going to ask you is, well, what are you doing as a director to take care of yourself? And you kind of answered that. And I really love the way that you describe, find what your staff is passionate about and make it a win-win for them and your department in order to do the things that are going to keep them wanting to come back and wanting to be here. Right. We all got into this field because we were impacted one way or another based on our experience, you and I as undergraduates, and you kind of fall into it. In fact, you were a French major, weren't you, in your undergrad, right? Absolutely. So my graduate, <laughs> my undergrad degree is in French. <laughs> yeah. So I, nobody had aspirations of being a campus rec director when they went to undergrad. Yet here you are because of the impact. And I think what you're doing is just outstanding. I think you have an unfair advantage because of where you are. I won't harp on that anymore, being in Utah. But come on out and visit I want to. I want to come work for you. So you let me know when you have a position and I'll apply. So Terry, I, yeah, this is, this has been great. I thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a little bit of insight on what's going on at Weber State and you as a director and keep up the, keep up the awesome work. And I would imagine that there's only going to continue to be bigger and better things for you and your team moving forward. So thank you so much. Well, happy 2023, Grady. Great to chat with you.